podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello, so blank over. We turn our attention towards the business end of the season and those of us dead-ending uh, crash our cars spectacularly into the barriers after this game week, with Salah particularly performing to devastating effect. Will those of us exiting wreckages of blank-friendly teams in favour of the new FPL vehicle uh, be handed a Rolls-Royce or a Robin Reliant via their wildcards? I'm joined today by Nick, as always, and uh, have you recovered but, uh, from the traumatic events of last week yet, mate? Hi, yeah. Um, I'm still feeling a little bit raw, I guess, in regards to what happened to the last pod. It was uh, definitely disappointing. And as you said in your video, it was definitely a challenge also to express our disappointment, especially after all the effort that was put into the pod and the last pod in our spare time and having um, Lee from FPL family as well on the pod to lose it was was pretty gutting. But um, we're, we're glad to be back podding again. I just want to say thank you to the community for all your support. Yeah, thanks so much. I uh, really appreciate it. And yeah, it, it, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. And I think we're going to kind of talk a bit today first um, about some kind of general WGTA chat. I think about it being like being invited to a company meeting or something. Um, then afterwards, we'll be considering uh, perhaps a couple more overarching themes uh, around the wild cards and the run-in uh, before we really get into nitty-gritty on next week's pod. Look at a bang theory, which I stress the working title, looking at how many players in the context of you know the last last game week and the game weeks to come, do we need to bang each game week for us to get a green arrow? And then we're going to talk about wild carding right now and wild carding next game week, so first two or thirty three, and maybe speak about Kane a little bit. Yep. And as you just said, Tom, we'll try to return next week for a highly specific end of season running bonus pod, uh, making up for the, the last week's sudden drop from the roster and hopefully provide some advice for wildcarders and non-wildcarders alike. So which um, which teams and players to get for the run in the final, final stage of the season. But initially, before we talk about FPL, we're going to cover a little bit of who got the assist business. Yep. And uh, I, I think you uh, you have the first thing to kind of announce to, to listeners, Nick. Yep, so uh, I got a little bit of an announcement that I'm actually going to be having an FPL family of my own very soon. For those that do not know, my wife's expecting her baby in the next couple of weeks. It's it's going to be our first one as well, so it's likely that I'll be taking a short hiatus from the pod to deal with the challenge of becoming a first-time dad. But in the meantime, Tom's going to be soldiering on with the pod and there will be um, a couple of guest replacements that he'll he'll bring in um, in my absence yeah, that's true. Um, just want to say thanks at this point to FPL Stag and uh, Alex Bull um, for um, agreeing to be our stand-ins over the next few weeks. I mean, we're going to try to keep going with Nick as long as we can, but obviously there, there may be a call at some point that you know he's not able to do the pod. So, I mean, they may all come on at one point and also the wider WGTA team on our Slack as well. Um, so, you know, the, the show will go on and... Uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're trying to manage it uh, while Nick's uh, Nick's son is born. But uh, obviously, we uh, we're all looking forward to meeting him, and we're looking forward to him guesting on the pod um, before the end of the season, right, Nick? Yeah, definitely. Maybe he'll um, he'll do the theme tune to the next season's <laughs> pod. Who knows? Yeah, it depends how quickly he's talking, I suppose. And uh, speaking of of talking quickly, I uh, I did a stream last week as a kind of uh, way to to get our thoughts out there, as I said. And uh, like, I'm not planning to to be a regular streamer or anything but you know now I've done one I, I might kind of do it again at some point maybe a tactical piece or something like that um so you know, maybe next week I'll do a kind of a Q&A for wild cards or something like that I'm not sure but look out for it and I'll let you know if kind of 
uh, anything else happens uh, in that regard. I guess towards the end of the season, then, Nick, we're going to be maybe not like wild not wildcarding, <laughs> not broadcasting from the same kind, the same kind of place. How long do you think you're going to be babying for? Uh, well, it depends, to be honest. Obviously, who knows what's going to happen and when it's going to happen and how um, how we'll manage. So uh, it'll take each day as it comes. I'm, I'm going to be off work at least for two weeks for paternity leave. So that'll give me a little bit of flexibility at least, which would be quite nice. A bit more spare time, perhaps, to uh, to <laughs> yeah. fix my FPL um, disaster, which has been the last few game weeks for me. So uh yeah. yeah. Um I'll be around and I'll definitely still be interacting with the community as well. So I won't I won't go completely AWOL. Yeah, uh, that's good to hear. And then we've we've got a couple kind of more guests lined up for the pod at some points outside of kind of special guests who are going to be hope, uh, fulfilling Nick's uh, Nick's place when he can't make it. And obviously, we're going to have Lee from FPL Family back at some point to actually uh, to actually complete a pod with us that we're not going to lose. Um, and uh, yeah, I think we've got Tom from Ninety Minutes at a Time, Ninety Matt coming on uh, at some point in the future too. Um, I just want to say kind of last week as well, I mean, Nick said it in the introduction, but, you know, we're really thankful for all of the all of the nice words and all of the support um, after losing last week's pod. Um, I, I mean, I, I was pretty devastated on the night and I think that I, I, I'm just about over it now. I'm just about able to see that Cyberman delete GIF without, without wanting to cry. <laughs> but we will, um, you know, uh, we'll take what happened last week on board, you know, back up back up our backups and uh hopefully hopefully that'll never happen again because that, that was pretty galling wasn't it yeah i mean it was it was pretty tragic i mean we had a quite an entertaining theme we had a really good guest on he provided some really good insight very interesting insight in the preparation for the blank game weeks and uh yeah some really good discussion that was uh lost in the void but um you know these things happen and i guess we're just going to have to move on and uh you know deal with it and uh, not not linger too much on the past and what's happened and, yeah. and focus on on the present and the future yeah, sounds like uh, sounds like FPL all over. Uh, I guess the final thing to mention this week was uh, my first ever Twitter racism storm, Nick. Um, <laughs> you're arcing your eyebrow at me, uh, which I thought I thought was quite interest an interesting uh, experience. And yet again, thanks to everybody who, uh, who who backed up my cause, which which was which was really lovely to see. And uh, yeah, I was just you know very surprised that Twitter didn't uh, come down. Basically, for context, some guy said he's unfollowing us because I'm Asian. Um, and I was surprised to see that Twitter didn't come down more strongly on what he said. They they ruled he hadn't violated any of their protocols. A bit strange too. Yeah, a bit bit weird. Um, unfortunately, just some some kid just like decided to. It was quite funny as a, a joke to to abuse Tom after he put his video <laughs> in. It's just obviously outrageous and no place um, for that sort of behavior in society but yeah, tw- <laughs> yeah. Twitter Twitter decided it was okay and uh, <laughs> yeah I'm boy unfortunately got complete you know thanks to all the um, the guys who stood up um, for Tom and just uh, yeah roundly roundly attacked the guy for his uh, very unwarranted uh, um, attack that has no place in um, yeah today's society yeah it's weird it's weird isn't it but like um i mean i never thought that i'd be doing live streams let alone have that kind of happen now, it's not going to put make put me off doing streams it's not gonna um get me down because you know it does happen every now and again and uh yeah you, you develop a fit skin to it and you think well those people aren't gonna you know get in your way but yep um i guess that's everything nick unless any is there is any other kind of item on the agenda um no i don't think there are any other talking points so i think um let's let's move on to fpl after the break who got the assist who got the assist 
So we're back and uh, back onto the FPL uh, train now, Nick. And uh, let's talk about the blank game week and uh, the high scoring blank game week, in fact. I think we both got over 80, didn't we? Um, I ended up with 95, uh, Salah captain, obviously. A little bit disappointed because I did mention on the stream as well that I, I was considering triple captaining, but I think I considered it too late to ever kind of really do it. And it's easy to say in, in, in hindsight, of course, that, uh, that that you should have done it. But yeah, no, Salah scored for me um, quite a lot. Uh, Chupe Moting, he came off the bench, scored and went off injured. Uh, Junior Stanislas scoring in the last minute. Um, but th- those two things, I think, were the two things that um, they pushed me into a slight green arrow this week. I'm up to about uh, 280k now, a bit lower than I wanted to be. But hopefully, kind of the next few game weeks after I wildcard, um, are going to create that boost. So I'm at about you know 150k something like that before the uh, b- before the doubles. Uh, what about you, Nick? How did your blank game week go? Yeah, so it was 87 on a minus four, which was actually was a, a red arrow for me, unbelievably. Um, so I'm, I'm disappointed again. I've slowly been uh, falling down. I think I I've had one green arrow in about the last 12, 11 game weeks or something <laughs> ridiculous. So it's, it's been a bit bit depressing in that fact. But um, obviously, a captain, Salah, so hot right now. He got uh, four goals and one assist. And just watching the goals pour in and not seeing the rank increase was a bit dis- disheartening. I've never been so disappointed with a four-goal haul for my captain, <laughs> just because it just meant nothing for me. I mean, Robertson obviously was getting assists. Mane was getting assists, and I didn't own those guys. So that kind of um, didn't help me much. Um, uh, Firmino, I think he got seven points and I got Van Dyke and Hennessy clean sheets. But other than that, just the decisions I made in the preparation to the blank game week didn't pay off. I was looking at Tosin and I talked about it on the Lost Pods, which uh, we'll refer to it as going forward. Um, the d- dilemma between Tosin and Mounier. And I obviously chose Mounier. I also talked highly of Stanislas and his underlying stats, yet chose not to bring him in and uh, instead I brought in uh, Josh King he got he got the assist for the Stanislas goal actually but um, yeah because yeah. yeah, he was foul but still didn't um, didn't help me too much so yeah it's kind of a it's just been a bit rubbish for me in the last what, quite a long time now I think um, but I'm still up only at 37k but from a peak of 6 uh, 6k in um, I think it's 20 game week 21 and I'm now lower than the score I was in game week 13. So, uh, yeah, a bit feeling a bit down, I guess, in terms of my recent performance. But uh, trying to stay optimistic. Um, it's now time for the doubles in the wild card. So, uh, yeah, lots to look forward to still. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's a case of Earth to Nick's team. You've got, you've got to sort yourselves out. It seems like uh, you've had quite a few red arrows in recent times. And uh, I think the first thing to talk about this week, and we think about wild cards uh, now, and we're going to uh, talk about kind of um, wild cards in detail and actual players and actual teams and how that's going to work out. We may answer some stuff like that in the questions this week. Um, but this week we're going to talk about a few kind of uh, top level kind of things which may help you on your wild card to think about. Uh, when's the best time to play it and, and how might you approach your planning for the world card? Uh, the first thing to talk about, Nick, actually, is a bit of a, a slight kind of pet project of mine. I, I was struck this blank game week and I have been kind of struck continually the last few weeks about how few players we actually need to score big or at least score decently uh, for us to get a green arrow. So I think players above scoring above seven points, I think, is probably a time when you uh, when you start to celebrate. Right. So I look at our data this year. It's hugely rudimentary. But I looked at our scores and coded them up in terms of the average number of players getting over seven. And if it led to a green arrow and took the averages. Um, so, Nick, how many players do you think need to perform? 
for you to, to to get a green arrow out in your team on average? Probably at least four, I would say, with me by estimate. I think if you three, two or three is just just not good enough. You need you need at least four to to kind of get that green arrow definitely. Okay, and red. A red arrow will be under three. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this season, uh, we've got a, a combined between you and me. So our data pasted together, uh, we've got a combined average of three point two seven players scoring over seven, which leads to a green arrow, uh, versus one point six two for a red. I guess that kind of shows quite how fine the margins are. So if you uh, round that up and round that down, it's basically three players who bang. Uh, to get you a green and two to get you a red, which I think is quite interesting. And it's also it's also kind of thrown up a comparative finding, um, which has shown that you and I, uh, we've averaged a similar number of high-performing players on green arrow weeks. So I've got 3.17, you've got 3.37. Uh, but on red arrow weeks, you've still managed to have two high-performing players on average versus just 1.23 on me. So it's another way of looking at the season almost, that Whenever I've had a bad week and whether you've had a bad week, you've always had more players performing, more players getting over seven than I have. Um, so, so maybe that's another way of looking at it. Like my floor is a lot, lo- is lot lower than yours. Yeah, I guess I, I guess because I've, I've been in the top 100k since game week 12, there's probably um, a fiercer competition up there as well. So um, even if you score big, you're, you're still going to, to, to struggle maybe to get the green arrow. And it, I think it's also highly dependent upon the ownership of those particular players and, and the overall rank. So I guess in this game week, we saw Salah dominate. And um, just because of the sheer high ownership of him, it, it means that even with a score of 87, you, you can still get a, a red arrow. And even if you captained him this particular game week, because he, he wasn't a differential, and and we'd probably see the same source of him output from the likes of Harry Kane. So, for instance, if, if um, the players that bang are are Harry Kane, Salah and, I don't know, someone else who's highly owned or has been highly owned, like Raheem Sterling, it might not mean much for your overall rank if um, if you uh, if your defend, if your defence all blank, for instance. Yeah, that makes sense. Like if there's not if, if your defence isn't a line of blue steel and you don't have uh, universal clean sheets, perhaps you're correct. But equally, I think the the percentage crossover between I think Kane and Salah is probably quite big. Uh, but you always have a smaller percentage crossover between kind of the third the third man, perhaps. Um, that maybe is a player like Stanislas scoring a last minute winner, or you know a Pascal Gross nicking a couple of assists, and you don't ha- no one else has them except for you. I mean that's why I was so happy about um, Dini a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, like I want to add a bit more data to this and see if this holds true because obviously it's just your, your and my stuff, and it kind of backs up a little bit of an assertion, a little bit of an intuition that I've had about this that you kind of need three-ish players scoring well each week. Um, I think this could be something to bear in mind if you're looking at your kind of if you're looking at your spreadsheet for the players that you're bringing in on your wild cards. So you've got to be looking at them, thinking, right, are there any game weeks where my squad is looking a bit ropey? I'm not going to be able to have. I, I don't back three or four players to really do well here. It maybe is a bit of a next level point, but I think that could really help in your planning to have those kinds of eventualities covered. So you think, you know, in game week 36, I don't really have uh, two or three players who are going to do it. So maybe you'll be planning a transfer for that. Yeah, that makes logical sense. Uh, I think, yeah, you definitely got to look at, and it, it gives a different impact, I guess, a different perspective of how, how to play the game, try and focus on those players that are going to bang as opposed to making moves and transfers where you're not not really convinced about the player you're bringing in. Maybe it's just because you think that team's going to get a clean sheet. Maybe you shouldn't focus on that defender transfer instead. 
look at the, the pre- premium midfielder and and I think we both do a lot of that anyway throughout the season that focus our transfers on on big money moves as opposed to smaller moves which is just all about sort of you know clearing plugging a few gaps within the team yeah for sure and I think that hindsight is 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 glorious isn't it but some sometimes with just one look you can understand what you should have done and I think I've like in the last uh, in the last few game weeks, you know, bringing Mares in uh, for three weeks before the blank, like that sort of thing. I, I'm trying to get better at rather than tinkering around the edges. I know it's quite a specific period, um, but with this kind of this kind of bang theory of needing at least three players a week to get me a green arrow, and obviously as Nick says, it's a little bit different. The higher up you are, maybe you are looking at needing four. But having that kind of idea at least behind it, but that'll be definitely something that I've got an eye on uh, when I'm planning who's bringing on my squad. Speaking of wildcards then, as we rattle through our segue, wildcard 32 or 33? Uh, Wilson and uh, FPL Chelsea both fast about this. Which one's the best option? And uh, Andy Bastable also asked, do we focus on a game week 32 team when we're making a wildcard? Or do we kind of go all in on 34 and you know bring in a Willian, for example, they're playing uh, Spurs, regardless of the fact that, that ha- that's happening because he's got double game week? What do you think, Nick? What are you doing? I don't know whether you've been, I've pulled the wild card already. Spoilers. Uh, have you done that? I haven't triggered it yet, but I've been thinking very seriously about making the um, the transfer and then pulling my wild card, so to speak. But I guess um, it's quite tough because um, there's one fixture, I guess, that's um, up next game week that's putting me off a little bit, and that is that Spurs versus Chelsea game. And I think those are going to be two key teams in my wild card. Um, who are going to actually be playing each other next game week, and and also the other reason why I haven't, another reason why I haven't yet is um, is Liverpool. Obviously, they've still been smashing it, but um, they've got no doubles, so they're not necessarily going to be a team I'm going to focus on in the wild card. But they've they've actually got Palace up next. Salah won't be leaving, but Firmino and Van Dijk, all, I think, both have strong cases for for staying in my team at least another another game week. Um, Elsewhere, you've also got Huddersfield. And I guess after the blank game week fail, there's, there's a strong case for ditching these guys straight away. But they could get a result against Newcastle. Watford and Bournemouth, they play each other too. And, and I think if, if you have the likes of Stanislas or, or me, who's got Josh King, you might fancy him against um, a Watford team who were incredibly poor and literally sitting on their backsides um, <laughs> whenever Salah approached them. But um, on the other side, so I've, I've looked at it both, both ways. You've got United and Arsenal. But I don't have players from either of these teams in, in my squad at the moment. And Arsenal have Stoke, United have Swansea. And uh, I think they're going to be both teams that are going to be prominent in wild cards. At the moment, I've also got the likes of Wayne Hennessy for Crystal Palace in goal, who I'll be who I'll be looking to uh, to get rid of. And I, I did have a quick quick look at a wild card team, and I ended up going eleven point three million over budget somehow. So I think I've got to go back to the drawing board. I think um, having a front line of Lukaku or Bamiyang and Firmino potentially looks a bit too rich for taste. So I think I might have to have a walk off for one of those guys to leave. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of those kind of decisions to be made. The problem is, and the reason why I have wildcarded, is because I, I I had like an ideal kind of wildcard team in place. And I made, last night I looked at it and I thought, well, I'm at 0.0. I need to do my wildcard. Otherwise, I'm going to be priced out of all of these players. If I lose 0.1, there's, there's nowhere else I can really go. I think that's one of the bigger, that's one of the kind of the bigger factors for doing it. If you're looking like you're going to be priced out and you can also catch the rises. So I've got David Silva. I've got Romelu Lukaku in my team. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep them there yet. I, I, I might well do. 
getting rid of a lot of your players. I mean, you mentioned Huddersfield. You mentioned these kind of these kinds of players. I mean, they they've gone from heroes to merman, haven't they? Now because they're just uh, you know they they were so good during the blank period, but now it's it it's the case that all the other teams are back in play. There's probably better options every week. I like look at Brighton's fixtures, for example, and like Pascal Gross. Maybe he's a better option than uh, than than a, a thirty-one friendly asset. I can see why 33 might be quite good, though. I mean, FPL version said, surely we should be waiting until 33 so we can kind of guarantee that all the players are good. And yeah, you get more information from going in 33. Um, you've got the UCL quarterfinals as well, so you can make some adjustments around how that's looking by by doing it within 33 and 34, especially with Liverpool playing City. Um, you keep Liverpool, as Nick just mentioned. Um, you can bring in the Spurs and Chelsea boys. And uh, in your mini league as well, you can check out what your rivals have done. and differentiate so if someone has you know you're, you're chasing someone and they haven't brought in Kaku then you bring in Kaku on your wild card simple as that um but you do miss out on the good fixtures Nick, Nick mentioned so you miss out on Arsenal you miss out on United you miss out on the price rises and I think there's definitely a, a balance to both but to me at the moment because of the price rises and because I wouldn't be able to have the team that I've got at the moment which we'll talk about more next week a little bit I think um that's why I've gone for 32 um Nick, do you have a particular preference? Are you, are you, do you think you're going to do it just because it's IB and you're going to be uh, bored, off, bored next weekend? Or, well, you won't be because you'll be researching for our pod, but, but you'll, you might be a bit bored for, our, for next weekend. It's, it's tough. I mean, I, it is very tempting just to pull the trigger and say, sod it, you know, just start, start tinkering, start putting a team together. And I'm already having a little bit of a play. But I mean, I looked at my team and, and the fixtures for next game week aren't, aren't particularly bad for the team that I've got. Like I mentioned, I've got, you know, Bournemouth have a decent fixture. Huddersfield, for some reason, I've got two Huddersfield players at the moment, which is probably a bit daft, but they've got a decent fixture. I've got a couple of City boys. You know, I've got triple Liverpool. You know, it doesn't. it's not in bad shape. Maybe I'll make one, because I've got a lot of money in the bank. I could potentially bring in the likes of Aubameyang or Lukaku or even um, a goalkeeper swap or something like that just for next game week, just um, rather than, you know, using the wild card now and, the players that I'm, I'm looking to bring in, apart from United and Arsenal, is the likes of um, William from, from Chelsea. And I don't necessarily want to bring in this game week or swapping um, Ericsson for Song Hoon Min. But of course, Ericsson trolled us all in the yeah, FA yeah, Cup yeah. signings to score a brace in that fixture while Son's been banging them in, in the league. So, uh, you know, it's like, mm, are there any major changes that I want to do? Not particularly. It's only probably about six or seven transfers that I would do at this stage anyway, perhaps. So maybe leaving it another game week is, is not the worst thing. And also there's more information. So you'll definitely know probably by then like what the who's actually playing in the double game weeks, who's playing 34, 37, who's got the who's got the blank, and then you can use all that information. Because I don't think the fixtures at this moment haven't been scheduled in properly. So it's still a bit of speculation out there. Yeah, and if you listen, if you listen to this later on in in the week, uh, this week commencing the uh, the nineteenth of March, um, then obviously we've been recorded. We've recorded this on the weekend due to uh, due to Nick's uh, Nick's baby being on the way, just to be sure. Um, but you know, th- things may have changed then, and that and that we we may have more information. So by next by the next pod, we'll have all the information. Hopefully, able to give you uh, a bit more kind of a, a solid plan, and we may see that Nick has a uh, Nick has pulled his wild card by that point. Who knows? Perhaps. Right. And uh, I think that one man, I mean, you mentioned uh, Ericsson uh, stepping up and you, we know about Sonny as well. Uh, but one man who's casting a shadow of everything is, is Harry Kane. 
it was looking at at one point like Kane could potentially be out until uh, until the World Cup. Uh, but recently, it's, it's started to look like he's only out for a month. And of course, because this is the uh, international break, we didn't have any Premier League football until um, until the start of next month, until the start of April. And uh, game week 34 onwards, they've got really good fixtures. So they've got double game week in 34. But up until the end of the season, it's decent. They've got uh, Newcastle's their second game in double game week. Brighton, Watford, West Brom and Leicester. Kane has to come in for that run of fixtures. And, and how, do we, how do you think we kind of... Uh, sort this out and make sure that we've got a plan for him and Alex Quintella asked us about this by the way yeah so I think because Spurs have now actually won in the FA Cup that Brighton game in game week 35 is likely to be a blank anyway so I'm, I'm wondering if actually looking at Kane and trying to factor him in for game week 34 might be too much of a risk anyway and look um, I think at the moment I'm leaning towards preferring the likes of Lukaku or Bamiyang and then having my Spurs midfielders in there and like and Son's probably the best person because he's slightly cheaper for that Spurs coverage. So I'm, I'm not too concerned about Harry Kane and trying to factor him in. He's going to be out for approximately a month. That's what they're saying. So the earliest he could potentially come back is during that game week 34, the double. And they also play Manchester City during that that week was just going to be a tough fixture. I think when he might when it when it gets interesting for Kane, I guess is that double game week in thirty seven, and I know they're going to be playing at least West Brom in one of those games. So um, you know he, he definitely would be someone you might want to look at for that fixture. But we also know that Arsenal. Um, their fixtures happening in 35, so they're not necessarily going to have a double game week in 37. So maybe by that point, Aubameyang might be a good switch for Kane um, in order to fit him back into the team. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea. I mean, the other thing that I think we're going to think uh, that is kind of worth mentioning is that Son is going to be bought by everybody because Kane's not there. But the moment that Kane comes back, Son, and he doesn't become a dead weight. He's been playing a lot this season. But I think the allure of having Son uh, when he's just on the wing um, compared to Son being in the fold tonight might be a bit different. So you know, part of me at the moment is going without um, Willian for the reasons we just discussed. But for game week 34, I could well be bringing Willian in. And the interesting thing actually is that Spurs don't actually have that good fix, don't have a good uh, next three. Uh, they've got Chelsea away, Stoke away, and Man City at home as part of that uh, double game week with Newcastle. Uh, so the next two, particularly, aren't that fantastic. And the Stoke game is looking good, but the Chelsea game doesn't, I don't know what could happen. So there could be a case to either have Son in to cover or just go without entirely, have a no, Goodmanson or something like that, and uh, and have Kane, you know, ready to come in for you know Firmino, perhaps. Yeah, I think there is a, I think there is a case. Um, I've still got double Spurs anyway, so I'm, I'm still going to probably be loaded up for that Chelsea game, regardless of what happens. But I think, uh, yeah, I don't think you necessarily need a Spurs player straight away. I think Stoke have been pretty poor all season, so it'll be useful to have a Spurs player for that game week. But yeah, their the next few are are tricky, as you said. So, um, yeah, if you own Harry Kane, yeah, get rid, definitely for the moment, because, uh, you know, he's injured. And, um, yeah, you'll figure out a, a Kane return plan later on when when he when he looks like he's going to be back. But at the moment, I don't think he's going to be back for at least a few game weeks, for sure. Yeah, it's too much to have on your bench, really, isn't it? So, I, I think overall, on wildcards, 32 or 33, there'll be arguments for both. Um a lot of it is down to your individual team, I'd say. And a lot of it's down to how good you think your blank friendly team is going to be uh, in, in the game which is coming. Obviously, if you, have, if you haven't got a wild card left, you should have been planning for it and have a decent team now um, into 34, which should be what you should be focusing on. And maybe Kane will uh, be one to, to park for now. OK, uh, let's take a break there, Nick, and then we'll go on to our features uh, in a second. 
So we're back and it's uh, time to catch up with the anti-meta team. Um, on the Lost Pod, Tom um, shared that he was going to be free-hitting the team um, for the blank to see how they got on. And, and it was a very differential captain as well, which um, we'll get onto in a second. But um, overall, they scored 43 points, which um, in a game week, obviously not owning Mo Salah, going for no Salah was, was obviously a, a big mistake, resulting in quite a big red arrow I'm going down to 2 million overall rank now. Um, a few differentials paid off, I guess. Um, well, Tosin got them 13 points. Uh, a Rondon assist meant 5 points. Mane was 9. Um, and Karius in goal was 6. But uh, Jordan Ibe was sitting on the bench for a 10-pointer, which um, I guess was a little bit disappointing. But their, uh, their captain was uh, Alan Yom, believe it or not. He, uh, he got 1 point, meaning 2 points in total. But um, I actually thought for a second that it, he might be on for a winner there. And it was um, you know, a brilliant move. But, but no, um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's time for Nyom watch, isn't it, Tom? Yes, it is. It's time for Nyom watch. So Alan Nyom uh, was spotted playing against Bournemouth and he was the anti-matter captain this week. So he ran out with uh, some extra expectation on his uh, on his burly shoulders. Against Bournemouth, he managed 28 passes. 21 were successful. That's 75% for you stats nerds. He managed 52 touches. 21 were in the opposition half. And Nick, he got one pen box touch. Danger man. He made five crosses, three of which were successful. One chance was created and it was almost glorious. More on this as he was mentioned in dispatches thusly. In the first minute, Alan Yom earned a very early corner after working in tandem with Chris Brunt down the right. In the ninth minute, it was a great move by Albion. Rodriguez uh, carried the ball and played a couple of one-twos with Nyom in the middle. The Cameroon right back then fired the ball across the six-yard box, but it was just out of reach of Solomon Rondon. And in the tenth minute, Begovic saves from Rondon's header after he gets on the end of a Nyom right-wing cross. He could have feasibly had two assists in the space of two minutes, and I think that that is very unlucky. So, uh, if you see him down uh, down Iceland buying a frozen lobster, or idly browsing the women's wear in BHS, let us know. Hashtag Nyomwatch. Uh, thanks to the spotters this week uh, who, who have been uh, informing us about his whereabouts, and uh, yeah, we, we still love to hear from you uh, towards the end of the season. Yeah, I, I was honestly thinking, Chris, Nyom's actually going to do something because Phil Thompson was uh, talking him up on Sky Sports News. And I was thinking, wow, you know, <laughs> could he get an assist? And then it looked like the clean sheet might be on and Nyom might get a couple of bonus points. But alas, it wasn't to be as uh, West Brom lost yet again. So, uh, yeah, um, bad week for Alan Nyom and uh, continuing bad times for West Brom. And yeah, pardon. But anyway, it's uh, it's time for the uh, market forces, our regular section where we use the FPL data to describe some of the key trends in the FPL economy to give you guys an insight into who the key movers and shakes are. And I guess um, on the lost pods, we had a bit of a laugh actually about this, the movements that were taking place. There were some very obscure movements, wasn't there? Uh, yeah. For players who had blanks, um, likes of David Silva, Gabriel, Jesus and uh, Son were, were all being bought in. But, uh, you know, now we uh, now the blanks passed. Uh, it's a slightly different market forces this game week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the first thing to note, obviously, is that Harry Kane is being sold in in absolute droves. One hundred and forty thousand sales for Harry Kane, and it, it's kind of clear where where those people are going, Nick, isn't it? 
Yeah, definitely. So there's there's two choices. It's kind of split opinion, I guess, at the moment. Um, Aubameyang's had over 70,000 transfers in so far this game week. And Lukaku has had over 60,000 transfers in this game week. As we mentioned earlier, United play Swansea and Arsenal Stoke. Uh, Lukaku, I guess he seems to be finding his form a little bit again in, in the league, starting to build his confidence up. He's had two goals and two assists in the last three in the Premier League. Aubameyang, he's also had two goals and an assist. And um, we've mentioned before, but he's cup-tied, so he can focus on the Premier League, which is going to be very useful in a period of fixture congestion as we uh, come to the close of the season. But also being sold is, is Aguero. He's, he's had over 31,000 transfers out so far, uh, net transfers out, that is. And and I guess that's also because of his injury. He, he's actually rumoured to be back by the end of the international break. But maybe... Um, with Aguero, Manchester City's got Everton and United up next, so a couple of reasonably tough fixtures. And we know as well, Guardiola is potentially going to be focusing on the Champions League um, in the run-up. Gabriel Jesus might get more game time in the Premier League, so um, Aguero might be rested a little bit more in the league and as, as they close in on actually securing a title, which is pretty much nailed. Um, in the next couple of game weeks, uh, you know, the key players will probably be rested in the league and some of the uh, the younger players are probably more likely to play. So we'll see less of Aguero in the Premier League, most likely. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if all eyes were on the magnum of that um, of that Champions League, City then become very unpredictable, which I can, I can see why people are selling Aguero. But um, they are buying a couple of players from City as well, who I guess people are either pinpointing as those who are going to play in the league for whatever reason, or that they're providing value. So uh, David Silva, he's been bought by 26,000. And uh, Gabriel uh, Jesus, who's been bought by 16,000. He's uh, seen a 0.1 price rise as well, uh, the Brazilian striker. I guess that those are people just just taking a punt that those guys are going to be doing okay in the league. And, you know, on my wild card, I do have David Silva at the moment because I fear not having any Man City assets despite the difficult fixtures that, that you spoke about. Um, so Silva's coming in. Um, Son's coming in as well still. He's been bought by first 2,000. And, uh, yeah, we can see that there's a couple of blank friendly assets being sold, Nick, right? And Shakiri and Walcott. Yeah, Shakiri, Walcott and Callum Wilson as well. These were three guys that people had been holding, I guess, for a while, hoping, especially for game week 31, Shakiri was um, one of the most prominent, prominently owned players in that game week. And Callum Wilson was also, even though he, he blanked several game weeks in a row, loads of people were just holding him, hoping for a success in game week 31. And unfortunately, he didn't deliver yet again. And, and Shakiri blanked as well so I guess people are now seen enough of these guys except for why well, I'm not going to hold them Stoke of Arsenal and Spurs up next so no need to hold Shaqiri and, and 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 people are transferring him out for the likes of uh, Son and David Silva I guess perhaps with with Kane and sale money because a lot of people have a lot of money in the bank at the moment from selling Kane as well yeah, for sure. It's worth remembering, of course, that wild cards do not feature on the on the NTIs and don't drive uh, price rises. So anybody who has asked us whether it's worth wild carding just to catch the price rises, what we mean if we say yes, what we mean by that are the actual kind of real transfers being made rather than people on wild cards. It doesn't affect anything there. So I think it's maybe a bit of a myth now um, that you're going to see a, lot, a, a big bounty of prices over the next kind of couple of weeks in the international break. Um, but be your excuse if you're, if you're new to new to FPL, because I can imagine how you might think that could happen. Yeah, and we see often um, with the sites that kind of 
do the analysis on the transfers out and the transfers in, find it tough over these sorts of periods where a lot of people are wildcarding because of the fact that people on wildcards don't drive the price rises. So you could see someone like Son have 100,000 transfers in and you might be like, is he ever going to rise in price? But he might not because of all the people that bring him in actually doing it on their wildcard. Cool. Should we move on to the community section then, Nick? Yep, time for the community section. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So we're back and um, time to catch up with the Who Got the Assist mini league. And uh, top of the league, back on top again, is uh, Jamal Rice with team name. He got 104 points, um, now up to 2,034 points. Uh, so a great week for Jamal. Just looking at his team, he played his free hit. So uh, he captained Salah. Um, he also had Mane and Firmino, so triple attack for Liverpool. Um, had Van Anhalt, got these seven points there. Stanislas, uh, 10 points, um, you know, and then, uh, yeah, a few other guys um, in the team. So, yeah, really good score for him. Um, he's now up to overall rank 11th in the world, which is just brilliant. And, yeah, keep working at it. Uh, Jamal, you're doing really well. Um, second still is... Um, uh, Damit Tanay, he got 80 points, so he's uh, he's dropped a little bit. Um, elsewhere in the top five, Heroes and Villains, uh, Simon Rutherford had a really good game week with 105 points. Um, he's now um, up to 2,005 points overall. Uh, Stevie Sunshine in fourth with Cruise Control, 91 points. And Andrew Ferguson back up to fifth again. Uh, two goals, one schlup, 97 points there. So, uh, yeah, really good scores for all the guys at the top of the league all benefiting from the uh, Salah captain. So, yeah, well done, guys. Well done, guys. Well done. So we've got a lot of questions this week. Thanks very much for all those questions. And uh, just say we're going to really cover the wildcard in detail, going to the nitty-gritty, players, teams, uh, different tiers of players to target, all this kind of shebang next weekend. Um, the questions, obviously, we got this week were about wildcards to some extent. We are going to be answering them. We are going to be giving us kind of uh, giving you, sorry, some general kind of views to begin with. And then uh, ne- next week, we'll really kind of uh, dig into it and talk about uh, you know, a whole range of different things that will hopefully cover you and advise you uh, towards the end of the season. Uh, but kind of the first question this week, um, as we kind of give our answers, is is from Lee, uh, FPL family. Hi, Lee. Uh, he, he mentioned uh, the, the pain in the Arsenal uh, <laughs> thoughts on uh, including Arsenal in our wildcard squads, especially with uh, with Aubameyang, I suppose, being top of mind for him, as we mentioned on the, on the lost pod. Uh, what do you think about Arsenal? Yeah, I think um, finally there is a case for Arsenal in our squad. It's a team that I've pretty much ignored the entire season. And uh, now looking at Arsenal, I'm thinking maybe there is a case. I think um, there's a few options out there for sure. Aubameyang, I think we talked a fair bit about him already. So I'm going to look at a couple of other players. I think in defence, there's a case perhaps for owning an Arsenal defender. And I think um, the two probably best options out there are Monreal, who's uh, back from injury now at 5.5. Uh, Mustafi at 5.4. I think uh, both of those potentially offer um, a good option in defence for the double game week. And then in midfield, you've got Ramsey. He's only 6.9, so he's pretty good value. He's uh, he's rumoured to be injured, I think, but he, he seems to be fine according to the FPL website. And uh, Mkhitaryan also at 7.7, um, the new signing. I think he's been um, working well with Obama Yang and they've, they've got a really good relationship from when they both played together at Dortmund and seem to be um, building on that relationship again in the Premier League and in the Cup. And uh, yeah, I think um, both of those guys are, are definitely good options. I wouldn't be looking at Oates, although he's far too expensive for what he offers. 
Yeah, I think that makes sense. So the, the double game week for Arsenal is looking like Newcastle away and then Leicester away in 34. They've got a game in 35 versus West Ham. Um, and in 37, they've got a home game versus Burnley. And there won't be a double game week there for them. Uh, yeah, I still think that you're right. Aubameyang's the best option. You've got to be looking at maybe a defender. Um, Monreal, our best number nine, <laughs> may be the one to be looking at there. Uh, also a noted kind of uh, Aspilicueta-esque uh, BPS hog, Monreal, uh, if you remember correctly. Monreal has also scored four goals this season. Yeah. Um, so feasibly he could score again. But I think the, the main draw with Monreal is that because of the passes completed, because of the clearances, especially if he's playing as part of the back three, um, if we do keep a clean sheet and given the fixtures, it's looking likely we'll keep a few. He, if it's a narrow win, will be in with a chance of free bonus like Aspilicueta always is for Chelsea. Um, so I think that that's uh, perhaps a decent one to to be looking at. Um, with Ramsey, Ramsey's uh, done a Shakiri, I believe, actually, and he uh, has negotiated with Wales that he won't play so he can focus on Arsenal. Um, but yeah. The UEL is the big issue there. It depends what how Wenger approaches the Premier League. I'm sure there'll be some vestige of pride around it, but Aubameyang not being in the in the the UEL should probably make him a shoe in uh, for, for your teams uh, on on the wild card. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I guess the, the next question moves us on to another team, and it's Leicester and Vares uh, Part Three. And FPL Awesome has asked us, uh, given Leicester's uh, fixtures, um, are Vares worth it? Um, so. For me, I don't know. It's it's definitely a case that you could get one of these guys into your team, but I'm just thinking: can can you actually budget them in? It's it's really tough. And I already talked about the walk off between Aubameyang, Lukaku, and Firmino, and how I potentially can't even afford all three of those. So throwing Vardy into the mix is is going to be another tricky challenge. And then in then in midfield, you've got Salah, who's obviously going to stay in everyone's team. You're potentially going to have a City attacker in there, David Silva, you mentioned, or perhaps Sterling. KDB, you're probably going to have someone like Son Hoon Min in there as well, and and William from Chelsea. So how how can you fit one of Mares and Vardy in as well? It's, it's very tough. I don't know what you think about these guys, Tom. Especially, um, I don't they do they do have a double, don't they, Leicester? Or they don't? Yeah, they, they do. They do in 34, yeah, and then they do in 37 as well. I think that. Uh, Mara's been in my team for the last three game weeks. I've kept him um, in the blank and I'm going to keep him. And the next three for Leicester uh, next, uh, are uh, Brighton, Newcastle, and then double game week with Burnley and Arsenal. And I think more than anything, Mara's has shown his ability to really cut through defences at, at, any, at any time. I mean, the first game week I got him in was against Stoke. He did nothing, but he just looks so dangerous. Um, Vardy, on the other hand, when we spoke about Ratface a fair bit earlier in the season when I drafted him in and he missed the penalty. I hate owning him. He only has one or two chances a game. If he scores it, great, golden, you've got six or seven points. But if he misses it, then you've got a two-pointer. It feels like he doesn't really have the resources beyond kind of scavenging goals to get you more. Um, and he's got such a low ceiling as well for a striker. Um, he very, very, very seldom gets uh, gets double digits or very and very, very seldom scores more than the one goal. So I'd be thinking, you know, covering the the Man United fixtures with Lukaku, uh, Aubameyang, as you've just mentioned, and maybe kind of Firmino, um, keeping hold of those three is probably a better option than Vardy. And I'd be, I'm keeping Mares. And uh, yeah, the other the other thing as well is, uh, you know, you've got, you've got Vares, you've also got the defenders. I mean, Fuchs used to be part of that holy trinity and he, he's not really part of it now, of course, but I'm still looking at Wes Morgan for Leicester. Um, I think they've got decent enough fixtures that I can... Um, Kind of pop him in and just kind of hope that he rolls back the years. You know, another another nostalgia pick, another whack attack of uh, those sorts of players. But 
it could be the case that they come golden again. Obviously, you've got uh, Maguire as well. Um, but yeah, I think kind of Mares at least for me. But I can see there's a case for Vardy as well, perhaps. Yep. And uh, moving on, I guess, to the next question is um, single game week versus double game week. And MJ's asked us, what do we do with the Liverpool assets other than Salah? Um, so I think, uh, yeah, I mean, we've already said that we're pretty much we're going to keep Salah and I think it'd be madness to sell him, even though Liverpool don't actually have any doubles. He's just that good. Um, Firmino is another question, isn't it? Because I think with Liverpool still being involved in the cup, um, in the Champions League, playing a tough game against Manchester City, we saw it in the last couple of seasons. Klopp likes to rotate heavily. Um, the likes of Danny Ings are now getting game time and then um, there's Solanke as well. And uh, <laughs> it might be that Firmino doesn't play one of those games and you're just going to be trolled as you don't have him play. Whilst you could, you think, what what could have been if I had Vardy in for that double game week, for instance? And uh, yeah, I mean, at the moment, I want to keep Firmino and that's what's putting me off um, wild carding um, right now. But I don't think I will. Ha- I don't think I will keep him for the thirty-four or the thirty-seven. I think he will go for me, and it'll probably be the same for Van Dyke as well. I think there are other options in there in the defense. So someone like Monreal would probably be a preference for me than than Van Dyke for the defenders. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if you've got Robertson, that he may be kind of a, a nice single game week value pick. Um, Van Dyke, I think, is too expensive um, for hoping for a goal. I mean, it, it was permissible to do while we were waiting around for the blank to happen but but after that like I, I had to sell him on I made 0.1 on him um Firmino's the biggie uh, what do we do with Firmino he's so highly owned as well if you sell him for Palace um ahead of Palace you get him out on your wild card then uh you know he could really punish you because I'm guessing the majority of the game won't be on wild cards despite the fact it seems like a lot in the community are looking at it now um and a lot of Firmino owners myself included have him at quite a low price so I bought him at 8.5 he's now 9.5 there's a whole million made there and um, if I sell him I'm basically saying goodbye to him for the rest of the season so I think kind of what you were saying Nick is true that I might hold on to Firmino until 34 at least just to just to cover that off and maybe just to be kind of a, a holding player almost um uh, maybe Harry Kane can come back in or maybe you know I can get rid of him and beef up my midfield but yeah, it's the danger is the is the rotation. So last days, that's obvious. Uh, but with Firmino, it could be the case that he, he's removed just because I'm worried that in those, I think they've got like three games in ten days. They've got uh, the the UCL quarterfinals, and then they've got Merseyside derby. I, I can just imagine, as you said, the likes of Solanke and Ings starting the Merseyside derby. It's not as if you know, they're going to be paying respect to it, but they're probably going to also be saying, "Look, we're playing City in the Champions League." We, we've got to, we've got to do it. We've got to do it. Uh, we've got to, we've got to make some, make some tough decisions and make some rests. And it, it might be the Firmino, unfortunately, starts to, starts to take a dive in value because of the difficult fixtures and the, the congestion. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the next question is about David De Gea. Is he essential? Um, FPL Potter Medwards um, said he's got check in for for Arsenal cover and has also brought Smalling in. And Arthur Svardel has also mentioned David De Gea. And what and, and what do we think about this, Tom? Well, I think Chris Smalling is five point four, um, whereas De Gea is uh, five point nine. And people were kind of thinking, well, should I put Smalling in and get De Gea out, put in you know a check or put in a four point five goalkeeper like uh, Dubravka at Newcastle uh, and sell De Gea on? 
I, I can see why, why why you might be thinking that. However, I'm going to keep hold of De Gea. Uh, the reason is is because Eric Bailly, Chris Smalling, and Phil Jones. I mean, Phil Jones is looking like for whatever reason he and Mourinho have had a big fallout. But if he does come back and suddenly comes into contention, you've got you know your your favourite Swedish loaf of bread, Lindelof, as well hanging around Nick. Yeah, um, I, I feel like that Dave saves is always going to be nailed and. Like my main reservation about big goalkeepers that they don't get saves has been completely destroyed by Dave this year getting so many damn saves. I think he's going to stay, and I think it's just you know it, it takes a, a whole range of question marks out if you have him in. He he fulfills the Man United defense thing every week. Um, you know you're going to have a, a large portion of the game with a Man United defender of some sort. It yeah, still holds true now. David De Gea is still owned so highly um, that it's it's a cover pick in some ways, and also. It means that I've got one player less to worry about almost week to week. Um, I don't need to worry about David De Gea. He's, he's always going to start. He's always going to do something. I can sit back and have an orange mocha frappuccino and forget about it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and I, I was looking at this question and I, I think there's also a potential case for Edison as your goalkeeper. He's only six points behind David De Gea and he's 0.3 cheaper. So he's, he's quietly having a really good season FPL wise and quietly accruing points in the background. He's, um, if he's quite low, lowly owned as well. And I thought about it depends on your um, free hit strategy as well. And if you've used it as well, because um, what's interesting is Manchester United, they don't have a, a fixture in game week 35, but Manchester City do. So if you don't have your free hits, then maybe um, getting in Edison might be a better shout because you'll have two fixtures in 34 and then a fixture in 35 as well. Whilst um, if you have your free hits in sacks, you could perhaps get De Gea in because then you've got um, a double game week goalkeeper for 34 and 37 and then you can get a playing goalkeeper in on your free hit in 35 that makes a lot of sense so you're talking loco but i quite quite like it Uh, there's there's obviously a few kind of bits and pieces of information to learn before that but it could be the case you turn to you turn to everton turn to everton Everton, calamity claudio be given a run out in the premier league is it going to be a team of you know Phil Foden's and Brahim Diaz's. Um, yeah, I think a lot of it will depend on whether Pep just starts to, to extract wee wee when it comes to his lineups or whether yeah. he uh, properly, you know, keeps with it in the Premier League. So, um, yeah, no, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I think a lot of teams would be derelict if uh, he started doing that. So let's, let's hope not. Yeah, for sure. Right. And you just mentioned the free hit strategy. Um, quite a few mentions about this i put something up as well actually on friday about potentially considering another strategy if i tc'd salah this week i'd have done it um so free hit in 37 uh, the idiot's boss mentioned the uh, free hit in 37 strategy that ben krellin uh, mentioned on our pod and uh, fpl virgins recently wrote on fantasy football scout about this and this is the idea that you custom build two teams for both double game weeks so wild card around now 34 and then 36, uh, between 36 and 37, free hit and build a free hit team for 37. So you've got your original or your original team from 36 comes back in 38, if that makes sense. Um, but that's basically the strategy. Um, and it's obviously a bit different if you don't have triple captain, because you don't have to try to fit three into two. I've got to try to fit three into two at the moment. Um, but Nick, as someone without triple captain, what... Does that uh, approach have any uh, have any luster for you, or are you still thinking free hit thirty five? I'm still thinking about thirty five at the moment because of the teams that I'm planning on loading up on, not having um, 
games in 35. So the likes of Spurs, Manchester United, we know that they're not playing in 35. So it, it, if you want to have Spurs players and Manchester United players, you can then end up in a little bit of trouble and you can load up and make sure you've got the strongest team possible for 35. And I think Chelsea as well aren't going to be playing. So that's, that's my strategy at the moment. But I do like this. It's a different approach, I guess. Um, it's, it's alternative and... Um, yeah, it's, it's tough because I don't know if I'm going to bench boost in 34 or 37. So there's a, there's a lot of decisions that need to be made. It's, it's quite a lot of um, maths required to actually... <laughs> the spreadsheet. We're, we're, we're sold. Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to have to get out my own spreadsheet, start com- configuring the team to make sure I've got 11 or 15 players or how I'm going to load up. I, I can't remember it being this complicated last season, to be honest, but um, that's another reason why I'm potentially holding off on the wild card so far because I feel like I, I need as much information as possible to make the most informed decision and it's uh it's it's quite challenged. It's gonna it's gonna be a big project, but I think it's good that there's a couple of weeks at least to, to kind of get everyone's plans intact. And uh yeah I do I do like this theory that these guys are are plugging. Yeah, yeah, I I can completely see it and it does seem to it does seem to work. I mean if you are doing a wild card I guess the if you are going to do this strategy, you've got to be looking at 35, as you said. Arsenal, you're lucky. I mean, it, I'm not sure I'd be able to triple up and psychologically put myself on the line. Uh, but if you triple up with Arsenal, you've got, you know, your smashing of Burnley, who have decent run-in. Um, Liverpool, if you keep one or two of their players, maybe keep Firmino even longer. Um, Man City, as you said, like, these teams, perhaps, you're going to get something out of. But, you know, Southampton won today, which rules out Leicester, who would be maybe a team that you'd be targeting. Um, you've got uh, Chelsea, obviously. Um, you've got Tottenham without a game. You've got quite a lot of teams who have got a double game week that suddenly don't end up with anything. And that, that 35 free hit, to me, sounds still like the best time to do it and a triple captain and 37 to come. Um, not really too sure who on. With the Huddersfield uh, Chelsea game in thirty-five being called off, could it be triple captain Hazard or dare I say it, triple captain Giroud next? Something like that. <laughs> maybe maybe Alonso. Maybe Alonso. Yeah, maybe, maybe he comes back into the uh, the world again. Oh my god! Imagine if a triple captain Alonso. Like every you just, if you saw a free kick on uh, on live score, like you'd just be like uh, you have to hide your phone for a while. I, I I just don't know. I uh, I I don't know whether I could trust like Hazard. So I may, maybe I trust the trust Chelsea, but I'm just not sure I trust Hazard. Maybe if Williams did an amazing form or something, then. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting. I think probably next week we'll reveal perhaps where what our plans are gonna be, uh, for the wild card and for the running. Uh, but yeah, great question and great to talk about that. And finally, uh, FPL Stag, who I mentioned earlier on, is uh, one of the stand-in hosts. Hosts, you may hear his uh, Gallic tones. Uh, not Gallic. Uh, what, what's the word? What's the Irish? You may hear his. Yeah, you may hear his Gaelic uh, Celtic tones uh, at some point soon on the pod. Um, he asks us, uh, "Can we ever envision another situation of a, of a one hundred point team being wildcarded so swiftly?" Yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite interesting, isn't it? But I was thinking about this question, actually, and I thought, you know, Salah potentially actually um, counts for 58 of those points. So is it really a 100-point team or is it a a 42-point team plus Salah? That's, that's the way of the way of viewing it. So it's a different perspective. 
So I think that that's probably the best way of looking at it. Although it does invariably feel a bit strange to be removing a team which has done so well because it's just so outwardly attributable to one player. Like we could see this happen again in any game week, like a highly captain Mo Salah or, you know, in game week 34, a highly captain Aubameyang absolutely smash it and push up the average. And that's this is just the case of an average being so high because of one guy. So I, I'm not too worried about it. Like, you know, remove so much Deadwood. I was so happy the other day when I pressed confirm to remove uh, yeah. <laughs> Kenny Ogbonna, Chupo Moting, consigned to the graveyard of this uh, of, yeah. of this uh, of this season. And uh, yeah, do you think there's a case, Tom, for captaining Mo Salah on game week 34? Um, yes, Bournemouth. Yes, I do. Um, so I've been thinking, like, if I do eventually get swayed towards this free hit 36 sorry free hit 37 strategy where does my triple captain go what happens with it i should captain hindsight hello nice to meet you oh, good chatting to you and um, i should have probably while uh, triple captain this game we consular um very very hard to 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 blame myself i did feel a bit um disappointed because i had said it on the stream it was an option but i didn't really think about it too much and i sh- maybe should have um Liverpool fixtures at home, as you've just intimated, are pretty good towards the end of the season. There's a Bournemouth in 34, as you said, Stoke in 36 and Brighton in 38. Could one of those fixtures potentially be another hat-trick for Mo Salah or something for Mo Salah? I just don't know. It could be that the game with 36 fixture against Stoke is the one which I... uh, which I do the do the triple captain on if I do decide to do it in thirty seven, maybe thirty four. I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it could be worth it. Um, but I think um, with Spurs having a fairly decent fixture, if I'm going to captain Kane that week if he's back, um, or Arsenal having a decent fixture, and the uh, United having West uh, West Brom and West Ham in that uh, those two games, it feels like there's a few too many double game week captain choices for for thirty four. Yeah, that's yeah. fair enough. And it's probably going to be the bench boost that game week for you then, wouldn't it, anyway? Triple captain. Yeah, that's the way I'm setting it up, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, so there's a theme to every pod. Last pod. Oh, God. Pod two weeks ago, it was the shins. So great work by John T once more. Quite a quite a subtle one this week. Um, hopefully, you know, one or two of you may have got it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well done to John T. So just to reiterate who we are, we are who got the assist. You can find us at WGTA underscore FPL or who got the assist.com. Yeah, and if you haven't joined our league, uh, join us on 1538-17403. We'll be back next weekend to talk about wildcards in depth in their entirety. But we hope this is enough to uh, keep you going on with this week. Uh, hopefully, uh, we haven't lost this. <laughs> hopefully, you'll hear me saying that. And, uh, and yeah, uh, thanks very much. We hope this assisted you. Goodbye. It's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Sports Social Podcast Network.